the Lord wasn't speaking to me because I didn't have faith that he would speak um, and that he was there in the first place. Right. You know what I mean? Right, that makes sense. And so, like, it took me having faith and then engaging that faith in prayer to be able to, like, hear from the Lord. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. You're supposed to do this. Yeah. The social media. Today medias. we have social media that we just started. <laughs> uh, we're actually selling all the same social medias, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything, shorts, reels. We're selling everything shorts. Yeah. It's like a bagel, but with a but short, shorts. The seasonings on the shorts. Mm-hmm. You can't actually eat the shorts, but you could eat the seasoning. Yeah. And you'll attract a lot of birds. Yeah. So but maybe that's part of the appeal. Maybe. Yeah. Birdman. Birdman. Um, today we are talking about the tension between doubting and mm, faith faith and is it sinful to doubt we have a special guest right Barry and ethan yeah we're our special guest and we also got a plant as you can see boom um slow improvements you know making mm-hmm. making it better one step at a time and so with this episode on doubting and faith here's the question right mm. the bible says that without faith it's impossible to please god mm-hmm. and then in james says if you are lacking wisdom ask and god who gives generously will Mm -hmm. give you wisdom but don't ask if you're doubting because if you're doubting you're like a wave tossed by Mm. the sea why does that man suppose he'll get anything he asks right wasn't prepared for that verse but sprung out of me yeah so with this is what's hard right a lot of people have doubts about things in their christian faith maybe they're doubting the goodness of god or maybe they Mm -hmm. don't understand something and, and they're having these doubts Mm. And, and so then does that mean all their prayers are hindered? Yeah. And then also, if they're struggling to have faith, how do we have that conversation? When the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that someone who's doubting or having trouble having faith is displeasing God mm. and, and therefore sinning in some capacity? Mm. And so this is the, the fun topic that we want to get into today. Yeah. Um, and so I have some thoughts. Derry has some thoughts. But yeah, Derry, what do you think? Yeah, there's so much we can go into here. Like, we also have to define what faith is and even the the type of doubt that we're talking about as well. Because I think this applies to a lot of different kinds of doubt. But you've got, like, sort of an existential, like, doubting the existence of God kind of doubt. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, subtle doubt, which is, like, you pray, but your prayer doesn't have a lot of faith. You doubt that, like, the Lord will actually move subtly, even if mm-hmm. it's, you're still doing the action, right? Mm-hmm. You've got different kinds of doubt, like, kind of both of those being on different ends of the spectrum, um, and I think they are applied in different ways based off of which one of these verses you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the context of the James verse is very different than the context of the Hebrews 11 passage. Um, so we can go into all of that. But um, I would imagine we should probably just start off by defining faith and doubt, like just to get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any working definitions that you're thinking of in the moment? Um, I just going off of what, like how, uh, Hebrews defines it, maybe not the actual definition, but it seems like from the full context, at least that I read from Hebrews, that faith in, in this situation is trust and not like, a wishing something was true. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, of course it defines at the beginning and the beginning of the passage, it says that if I can go to it real fast. Uh, it's the reality of hope, right? It's the proof of the unseen. But then if you, if you go to the like larger context, we know this is like the hall of faith, right? These passages. Yeah. Um, but the action that is uh, like produced by the faith seems to be like the focal point of like Mm. the actual faith itself. Right. Mm. Like if you go through the different examples of faith that are kind of given in the stream here, you have, I think just a lot of actions but you need trust to perform. And mm-hmm. so first you have uh, Jesus or the word, right? That's being created or that's creating at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So the first action and then Abel's offering, Abel's offering, sorry. And you'll notice these are all in chronological order, which is also very interesting. Yeah. Um, so Jesus and then Abel's offering, Enoch being taken. And then uh, that's all the examples before uh, verse six, which yeah. is the verse we're kind of talking about. Yeah. And then after verse six, you have uh, Noah building the ark, right? And then Abraham leaving everything to follow God and go to a place he didn't know about. And then you have Sarah uh, bearing a child, having faith for that. You have Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac, and then mm-hmm. it just goes on a long tangent of right. Moses. It gets Enoch yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And so it seems like all those things are actions to me. 
And for those actions to occur, it seems like they trusted in the Lord. It uses the word trust several times in the passage as well. Yeah. And so it seems like that's yeah. how the this chapter is defining faith, that it's a trust yeah. um, in, in yeah. what's not seen, right? Right, yeah. It starts off Hebrews 11. The verse we're talking about for you guys who want to study along is Hebrews eleven six, mm. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is um, for he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So mm. you believe that he is God and that he rewards yeah. those who seek him, which is a comforting right. uh, a statement if you're doubting. And some of right? your translations might say like, and believe that he exists or something, yeah. which is probably a bad translation. Yeah. But the beginning of the chapter says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen, for by it the men of old gained approval, and then it goes into the whole thing that Derek was just Approval's talking about. Approval is a huge point in the whole chapter, which yeah. is really interesting. And, and so it's this idea, when I read that, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'm hoping to see this thing, and I have the assurance, I have the confidence that I'm going to see it. Mm -hmm. you know. And then it says, the conviction of things not seen. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me, it's bubbly, bubbly mm -hmm. water here. Um, And so with that being said, you have like, I, when I hear conviction of things not seen, it's like I'm convicted in my being. I'm, I'm convinced in my being that God exists regardless of, of if I can see him or not. Mm -hmm. And it's that confidence, that trust in who God is and, and trusting that even though I can't see God, that he exists and he's there and the Bible's true and what it says about him. And maybe that is, that's the foundation of what leads to trusting in him. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And so, it, yeah, it seems like the message in this text is like, Faith is the thing that caused all these people to follow God and do stuff well. Hmm. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Right. And so maybe Cain didn't have faith because mm -hmm. by effort, they both offered a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, they offered something. But there's but, a clear difference in the sacrifice, which is the difference between Cain and Abel's. Right. Uh, right. But the one had, and also like one had faith, one didn't. Sure. For sure. But you um, can also just, I mean, this is just the classic James versus Paul argument, right? Like, but Abel's like offering was substantially better, and all like the best that he had to give. Yeah, that's true. And because of his faith, that was the case. Well, so yeah, it's both well, substance and the actual yeah. faith. Well, maybe Abel offered a better sacrifice because he had faith in exactly. God. Yeah, exactly. Like Cain was like, I don't have faith in God, so I'm going to keep the best for myself because I got to watch out for myself. Mm -hmm. But Abel was like, I'll give the best away to God because I know I have faith that He's going to help me. He's going to take care of me. He, he's mm -hmm. and so. That's really interesting that our faith, how much faith we have in God, determines what we will do for him. Hmm. You know, some people might be like, I have faith enough to... And this might be the whole thing with cessationists and charismatic. Like, charismatics have faith that God will heal people, so they mm -hmm. see healings. Maybe a cessationist doesn't believe that anyone has the gift of healing, so they don't pray for healing. So they're not going to get it. Possibly. You know what I mean? I don't think either one is more or less pleasing to God. Well, maybe. But maybe. Yeah case by case but generally well, speaking if you don't have faith like what your argument is that cessationists don't have faith if you don't have faith you can't please god in that area i would say they have faith in god but they don't have faith that he would yeah, yeah well yeah. it might not even be a faith thing it's just like a theological construct sure. like maybe the capacity to have that faith is there but mm -hmm. their constructs is is not set up for it sure yeah so it's like untapped it's potential. nuanced yeah yeah um but yeah so when people are doubting and they're having trouble with faith and they're struggling with this first verse, what would you say to them? Because maybe someone's, maybe someone is having trouble trusting God. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I know what people want to hear is me to say, oh, you can doubt and have faith at the same time. And I do think that it's more nuanced than that because I do think that doubt does hinder your ability to please God with your actions, which is mm -hmm. why I like think that faith is so heavily tied to action in these passages and why that's said that like without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. And cause if you put, you have to read the impossible to please God in this, um, in this context, because mm -hmm. the pleasing God part is the being approved by faith. It seems like in the passage, because all these people were approved by their faith. And that's like, what is pleasing God or, or just another way, uh -huh. way to say it. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting too, is it says, this idea of without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm. Someone could hear it and say, okay, I am displeasing God if I don't have faith in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or someone could say, well, if you don't have faith in God, you're not going to live a lifestyle that yields pleasing 
God. Like, yeah. Like it would please God for you to share the gospel mm. and pray for miracles and, and mm. like take risks like that. But if you're having trouble trusting God, you're not going to do that. Or mm. it pleases God when you are able to let go of your finances and give a little bit more than you're used to. So, mm. so God can come through. And so maybe it's like without faith, it's impossible to please him means that you're, you just won't live a lifestyle that will allow God to move. Like you'll try to be in control yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't think that it, that this kind of faith and pleasing God is incompatible with doubt. I do think that they're compatible, but again, I think it depends on the type of doubt that you're talking about which is what we kind of talked about at the beginning or what I brought up at the beginning, um, because clearly that this, like I said, this faith is tied to action. And so if you can doubt and still have faith that God, like it's, it's specifically faith in what God has said and you having faith in that and then doing something about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of these people are something that like God said, and then there was faith that happened and then action yeah. happened yeah. because they were following what God said. You can have doubt in doing those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could doubt, the goodness of God or the maybe even have doubts about the existence of God. And that doesn't mean I believe that God doesn't love me or that he doesn't exist, but I struggle with believing it sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can still hear a word from God or even just very simply read the Bible and trust that what it says is true and then follow in action what it says to do in, in trusting and in having faith. And then I am pleasing God by doing that. Right. And I still have doubt. You know what right. I mean? But right. there, there is a point in doubt where you cease to have action. And that's like a more serious kind of doubt. Right. And when you have that doubt, I would say, yes, it, it is going to be very hard to please God with your actions because you're not going to be directly most of the time obeying what he says to do. You could, you could say someone has a very strong doubt maybe about God's existence or the, the validity of the Bible or something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they still follow its commands. Awesome. I would say you're probably still pleasing God, but there might be certain ways that you're not pleasing God because like all of these people are examples of like God speaking directly to them and asking them to do something. If you're not in a place where you're allowing God to speak to you, or even if you just don't have the faith to have God speak to you in the first place or believe that it's him speaking to you, you're not going to be able to be used by God because you don't believe that he's right, going to speak right. to you. And like so you're, you're not, not able, able to, please to do the action. Yeah. You won't be, if you don't have the faith, you won't have the ability to do the action. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But you won't even, I mean, in my opinion, you won't be able to hear God a lot of the time when you ha don't have right, that kind right, of faith. Right, right, right. Like you're not, you're just not going to be listening. Yeah. 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 I don't even know if it's not listening. I'm, it might even just be that God's not going to speak to you. Yeah. I don't necessarily mean not listening like out of a stingy attitude, like I'm not listening, but mm -hmm. like uh, you're just not aware that he's speaking to you. So you're, you're not even tuned in. You're, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's again like the cessationist charismatic perspective, like the cessationist, like we believe as charismatics mm. that God can speak to us in our souls and our being when we're living our life. Some cessationists, I believe, or I know, believe that that can happen, mm -hmm. but some don't. They'll be like, all we have is the Bible and that's enough. Mm -hmm. And and it is a case that, yeah, maybe like, okay, then if God sees that, then he's just going to be like, all right, well, you're just not in a place where I can do this then because mm -hmm. you'll chalk it up to something else or I won't get the glory through yeah. it. You know? Yeah. I... Hmm. I don't know if I fully agree with the statement that um, God is still speaking. We're just not listening. I think that if we don't have faith, God won't speak to us. Hmm. And that's just, that's not necessarily from something I've seen in scripture, although I could probably make some cases for it. It's just like an experience that I've had. You hmm. know what I mean? Like in my times of extreme doubt where I've like doubted or like extremely doubted if God exists, or if the God of the Bible exists or if the Bible is valid, all that kind of stuff, right? And all that entails. I haven't heard from him. And I've like, in all those times I prayed and tried to hear from the Lord and tried to have him speak to me and and listened and waited and all that kind of stuff. And I was being intentional. I was praying and like listening intently, but my faith was not there. Mm -hmm. And so I honestly think that like the Lord wasn't speaking to me because I didn't have faith that he would speak um, and that he was there in the first place. Right. You know what I mean? Right, that makes sense. And so like it took me having faith and then engaging that faith in prayer to be able to like hear from the Lord. Yeah. I don't think that that's everybody's experience. I don't think that will happen every time. Cause of course there's lots of times where I've had doubt and I've heard like from the Lord, you know what I mean? And lots of people have, you're like, God, are you real? And he's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, like I've had those experiences yeah. too. Well, and so I think some, some people could have both experiences, mm -hmm. but I'm just mm -hmm. saying just because you have doubt, uh, it doesn't mean that God is not speaking to you, but also he could not speak to you because you have doubt. I think both are true.
Yeah. Well, explain that for people what you just said, because you said the times I've had extreme doubts, I've had to have faith in God, and then I heard him speak. So explain that process, because that might help people who are doubting, because that can sound very confusing. Like, how do you just muster up? How do you just decide to have faith? What does that look like? Mm. Yeah, I think the process is different for everybody. For people that are doubting, you just kind of have to come to a place where you decide you're going to have faith again. It's it's so illogical, like yeah. in in some sense of the form or some like form of it, because it's like through all like the intellectual study and stuff that I've done in trying to increase my faith, nothing has increased my faith more than just this sounds so stupid than just like believing. And yeah. it's like, it goes against all of like the logical principles. Like I, I think by most of the time, but literally if I just, Oh man, it, it's such like a, not a name it and claim it ideology, but it kind of is not in a name and claim it, but it's, like, but like a, mm, ah, this is even worse. Like the, the speak it into existence kind of people. <laughs> I know that's not what this is, but that's sort of the mentality mm. that is, not even the mentality. Oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to verbalize this very well. But in mm -hmm. like my times of doubt, when I have put aside having to understand intellectually what is true and what's not true mm -hmm. and having certainty in what I believe in, and I've just decided to believe because it's what I want to do, mm -hmm. then I have heard from the Lord. And then I have like had things revealed to me or experienced him and stuff. Mm -hmm. But in just the purely seeking intellectual satisfaction of like a, a safeness in faith because I believe it intellectually that hasn't increased my faith nearly as much as just choosing. This is what I want to believe. This is what I think is true. Now I'm going to like participate until like I start to see the Lord moving because that's what I'm going to choose to do. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't have certainty about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Something that uh, a verse that I was reminded of as you were talking about, like, Oh, this is not like a name and claim it, but it's hard to understand. And what do you do with it? It, it, it reminds me of this in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 14, Paul says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Hmm. So to the natural man, the things of God, the things of the Spirit of God seem like foolishness. Mm -hmm. Derry was just saying, oh, this sounds kind of stupid. It sounds like name and claim it. So he's like, he's saying, this kind of sounds foolish. I don't know how to understand this. And he says, he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or discerned in other mm -hmm. versions. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, and yet he himself is appraised by no one. Uh, we don't have to worry about what that verse means because mm. that's not what this podcast is about. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that the things of God, the spiritual things of God, look like foolishness to the natural mind. Mm. And and so you you have to have that understandable, like like Derry just said, like you just kind of got to accept like this doesn't really see. I don't understand how to make the sense of this. Mm. I'm trying to. It sounds foolish to say, oh, wait, you just believed it and that therefore you, you think it's true. Like doesn't that yeah. seem self-fulfilling prophecy? And it's like, well, you, you have to put yourself out there to be like, look, somewhere in Derry's being, I'm sure, and you can attest to this, he, he, there's something that he's like, okay, I, this just, I know it's right. It just fits. Mm -hmm. There's something like, I can't explain all the weird nuances of Christianity, but it's just, I know that it's true, right? And that's where, the, that's what the faith is about. That's what belief is, that deep conviction of like, God's real mm -hmm. and he's revealed himself and there's ways to follow him. And yeah, it looks foolish to the world, but it's supposed to. Hmm. You know, if it was, if yeah. we could all figure it out logically and it could make all sense, then we wouldn't have to have faith and we wouldn't be able to please God. Hmm. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So I think sometimes it does seem like the ways of God are just like, God's like, look, this is how it is. You just got to believe it and trust me. And that's going to lead you into my presence. Yeah. That's the case. A lot of, not a lot of the time, many, many times. Like anytime. I would, I would say maybe not doctrinally or like when it comes to evidence, right, right. but like in, when it comes to following God, experientially, that's, that's the case. Experientially. Yeah. Like when it, when, if, when for me, it's like, God, I I have I have a hard time sometimes believing that you heal or that you give words of knowledge or you give prophecy. But oftentimes when I stop worrying about how to make sense of it, I start seeing it. Hmm. You know, like hmm. I'm like, God, are you really like speaking in words of knowledge and prophecy? Hmm. And I'll try to understand it. And then I'll be like, you know what? What if I just lived as if it was true and what would happen? And then I lived as if it's true. And I get words of knowledge or people get prophecies and the things mm. line up and people say like, oh, I got this word for you and it totally fits my scenario. It feels so bad to believe that, like, honestly, but like it just, but it's just, it's just how it works. It's just how it is. It's really strange. Like, cause it sounds so much of like a dude, if you just believe in the positive reinforcement of just like putting good vibes out there in the world, like it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to come back to you. 
And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's not true, like what you're saying, but it is how it works, like with the Lord sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really strange. Not that you like you put good vibes out there, you get them back. But it's like, yeah. man, even, uh, I don't know. Now nah, I won't talk about that, but it's, it is, it's true. It's so strange mm-hmm. how that's how mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just how it has to be. It's a weird kind be. of surrender. And, it, and what it does is it really confronts your doubting where you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I have to lay down my doubting. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what the Lord's more after. Maybe the Lord wants to just lay down your doubting yeah. more than you having making sense of things. An example that comes to my mind is like, it's just if the intellectual side of things, like if you're trying to rationalize everything, there's nothing rational about like stepping out into the water, right? When Jesus calls you out of the boat. Right, right. And if you, if you are examining the safety of that action as you're doing it, like you're gonna sink, in my in my opinion. Well, that's what happened. Right? That's exactly what happened. And so often when we're trying to do things that God told us to do, we're like, we're saying yes, but we're also examining the safety of it as we do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's sort of the same thing that uh, that was happening in that situation. You know and what I mean? And it's weird because like we're testing it, the water. Am I gonna? Is my foot going through? Is it not? Is it gonna? Am I? Am I gonna be able to walk? So just jump, dude. Yeah, God's just asking you to do it. And here's the message too. Just jump, and if you sink, God will still be there. Yeah. So God's calling you out of the metaphorical boat to take a risk. Mm. And guess what? If the risk doesn't work out, just like in the story, Jesus is still there. That's super yeah. comforting. Take the risk, and you'll, he's there. If you fail, he's there. Mm-hmm. It's like he's always there. And and so I think we covered that in like a really good way. I want to move also into like the doubting aspects. I think mm. that I love... Let me say one more thing first before no, we move on. No, I love... <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I don't think that it's also illogical. Like it sort of does defy our own way of thinking, right? Because we want to be safe when we do things and evaluate and move forward. That, that is wise to do. And it's something you should practice except for when God asks you to step out in faith. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It is not illogical because it's still the right thing to do to trust in God. That's the most logical like thing you can do. And so if God asks you to do something, the most logical option is to do what he said to do. That's what like trust and faith is. And so when you're doing those things, it is logical, even though it seems like you're defying the logical capabilities God has given you. Mm -hmm. Last thing I wanted to say. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, and, and moving on to the doubting, this is what's really, I think it's so beautiful about the Bible and Christianity for the doubters. Mm -hmm. Two passages come to mind when we're struggling to doubt. And then I will get back to the James by the end of the podcast. We'll talk about the James okay. uh, verse. Which James verse was it? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's James two gonna go to or it. James one. Just look up James and type in wisdom and you'll find it. Okay. But anyways, there's two verses that come to mind when we talk about can, what does it look like for doubters to follow Jesus? Okay. The first one, I don't know the exact reference is when this man asked Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus says, do you have faith that I can heal this, mm. your son? Or do you feel have faith that I can, I can do this thing? And he's like, I have faith, but help my un- unbelief. Mm. And so this man's like, look, I have a little bit of faith, but help my unbelief. And, and I think that's so amazing because God doesn't reject the doubters. And that man got the thing he was asking for, right? Mm. And so what's really cool is Jesus is saying in that moment, like, have faith. And people are like, if you, if you can be honest with your faith and be like, God, I I don't have faith in the moment for this. Help me. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. That The Lord welcomes that. Hmm. The Lord says, yeah, I will help your unbelief. And so if you take your doubts and you posture it to be like, God, help my unbelief, the Lord will do that. So I think that's a hmm. beautiful picture for us to remember that doubters are not turned away by Jesus. They're encouraged to bear their doubts to Jesus. Hmm. Does that make sense? And then the second verse that I like is the Great Commission. And uh, this is in Matthew 28, last couple of verses of the chapter. But it says that they met Jesus at a mount called Olivet and they worshiped him, but some doubted. And he said to them, go into all the world for all authority has been given to me. Or he says, all authority has been given to me. So go into all the world and preach and teach them to obey my my teachings and all that stuff. Right. Hmm. So it gives a great commission. Totally kind of butchered it. But the main point there. Because it says they met him at the mount called Olivet or Olives, depending mm. on where you're at in your translation. Yeah. And it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then he said, all authority has been given to me. Go into the world. Go therefore into the world and preach the gospel. Hmm. And so there's worshippers and doubters and the great commission is given to both. Yeah. Which I think is like so amazing. So if you're having doubts in your faith, if you're having trouble recognizing or understanding things, I want you to have the peace and the assurance and the safety to know 
that the commands of Jesus are still for you and you have not been rejected by God, mm. but God wants to work in those doubts and with you with those doubts mm-hmm. to bring you to a greater place of healing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It yeah, it's just so there's so many things we get into and all yeah. this. Yeah. And we got time. Yeah, true. Is there anything that specifically you wanna you wanna mention? Um I was just thinking about the salvific effect of faith and when it comes to doubt, because the context of this like hall of faith passage that we're talking about, it it is kind of in the context of like they were approved, aka they were Except, saved. Accepted, approved, right? Accepted yeah. like by God because of their faith. And it's like if they didn't have that faith, they wouldn't have been approved. And so like I think that some kinds of doubt could have taken them out of that. Like, like if they didn't have faith to do what God had told them to do, but they still believe in God, like I don't know if they would have been approved. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I, I don't want to say that and give people like a a fear that like, oh my gosh, like I believe in God, but I don't do what he says I should do because I'm a I doubt. Like, am I not saved? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's also if you're hearing that, there's still time to hundred percent. hundred percent. And I don't want you to necessarily I don't even want you to think about salvation that way. Right. It's a bad way to think salvation's about salvation's not fickle. Yeah. It's pretty hard to lose it. Well, not even in that sense. It's like it's not about just I mean, it's it's about following the Lord. It's not that you can lose it, but it's like your actions define your faith. And so like if you're if you're not having action like you don't also have faith, but right. it, there's so James much new, there's too. so much nuance there too, because like you could have faith that, pr- or you could have actions that prove your faith at one point in time, and now you're struggling and you're doubting that the Lord is going to be faithful. You that want, happens all over the place in the Bible. Yeah, the people who are saved. You, know you want to I mean? make it more complicated? You can say, look, James says your works prove your faith. So if you're doing the works of God, you have it proves your faith in God. But then Jesus says, you'll come to me, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you'll come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, what I do? And he says, go away from me. I never knew you. So these people brought their works mm-hmm. and Jesus says, I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Meaning Jesus didn't know them. They might've been doing good Christian moral mm-hmm. things, but they didn't know Jesus. They didn't have faith. Yeah. They didn't have faith. They didn't know Jesus. And so it's like your good works prove that you have faith in Jesus, but mm-hmm. also your good works aren't the thing that makes you know Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so some one question that we can get into for people who are doubting and they're like, I don't want to doubt. How do I get out of this doubting? I have a, a presentation for you to try, or I want, or thoughts I want to, I want to share. And you could try this, or you could mm. not, depending on what you want. But I heard a pastor a while ago say, "Your faith will grow in proportion to the knowledge of the object of your faith." So true. you will have true, true, true. <laughs> you'll have like X amount of faith based on X amount of knowledge of the thing you have faith in. Mm-hmm. Right. So for this example, this table, I know this table is pretty solid. I put it together, not like by scratch, but we brought it we here. Put it together. We put it together. I put it together by myself. No help because Derry didn't want to. <laughs> no, we put it together. So we know where it's shaky. But generally speaking, we know it's a solid table. Don't tell people and so shaky. the knowledge of this table that I have increases the faith I have in the table. Sure. Right. And so it could be that if you're doubting to then try as much as you can to increase your knowledge of God and Mm. Jesus and the Bible. Right. So like look at the historical reliability of the Bible, look at the philosophical arguments of that. That's all good, but it's not the main thing. The main thing is through prayer and worship, meet jesus mm. and, and say and, and bring your doubts like god i'm doubting and I, I but i i'm still trusting but i'm facing this thing and i need you to show me who you are and study scriptures and and really bring your emotions into your prayers mm. and see what happens because that that's where you will meet the person of jesus mm-hmm. and it's likely that if you try this and you increase your knowledge of the person you have faith in mm. your faith in jesus will grow yeah i think it's the thing that helps consistently the most because you can have doubts about some random part of scripture that like i don't know and you can continue to learn about that thing and try to increase your knowledge of that thing and it couldn't it maybe won't increase your faith you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you could you could look up just for a random example you could look up the prophecy of like tyre and daniel and whether it was fulfilled or was not fulfilled right and scholars debate about it 
Christians, atheists debate about it all the time. All the time, it's like one of the most famous, like possible non-fulfilled prophecies. Right? You could study a ton about it, and then you could get farther away from believing that it's true, which hinders your faith more. You know what I mean? By studying about it, but it's specifically studying like who God is. Mm-hmm. That increases your faith. Like if the object of your faith is not this prophecy, if the right. object of your faith is the Bible, or not the Bible, sorry, if the object of your faith is God, right? Yeah, right. Then like by you studying the grandeur of who He is, maybe through creation or through Scripture or through how He's revealed Himself to you, uh, in whatever way like you feel called to study that, like by growing that object of your faith or object, it's going to increase your faith. Right. It's going to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna say. Something about you said something about prophecy, and I was thinking about something. I think, I mean, I think that oh, I if you do have doubt in a specific subject like the tire prophecy, that you should not neglect studying that thing. But it is so very helpful to have a high view of who God is at the same time, it will increase your faith and make it much easier to study something like that. Um, because you'll have so much more of a recollection of God being there with you, yeah. studying with you, yeah. walking through all this with you, um, and being okay with whatever you find in the end because you have your faith put in God, the object of it, in the first yeah. place. Yeah, and the thing about Christianity is, now this is going to upset a lot of Christians, and oh. I do think the Bible is completely true. Oh. With that said, hmm. if we happen to find in the future somehow a part of the Bible is historically not the most accurate or maybe it looks mm. like Israel Israelite propaganda whatever. Yeah yeah. You know, that's not what makes Christianity true. Mm. What makes Christianity true is did Jesus rise from the dead? Right. If Jesus rose from the dead, Christianity's true. Right. And then we can have that safety, okay, I know Jesus rose from the dead. I know he's safe. Now let me look at this problem whatever it may be. The, hmm. the prophecy, you know, yeah. whatever your your thing is, then you can look at that from the from the in in a respectfully critical view. Where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, let's look at, let's talk about it. I know Jesus resurrected from the dead, therefore I know he's true, mm-hmm. and therefore I know Christianity's true. I can you can challenge anything mm-hmm. from there, but it's not the biblical historicity or accuracy or preservation that makes Christianity true. Mm. It's the person of Jesus and did he rise? Mm. Those things can increase your faith a lot for sure by studying them because they're awesome to look at the historicity and validity of scripture and all that kind of stuff. Um, Like that can definitely help your faith. But yeah, like you said, like if Christ rose from the dead, if all the evidence is there and you can like prove that as much as you possibly can, then like everything else is gonna have some kind of explanation or interpretation that makes that makes some amount of sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. like if we find out that tons of like the wars or whatever, like you said, like are just Israelite propaganda in the Old Testament. Like, cool. All right. You know what I mean? Like, then the por- that portion of scripture was just for Israel and not necessarily for us. And it was mm-hmm. like to prove a different point than that those wars actually happened and mm-hmm. that they won all of them. Or you know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. It's all about Jesus. When, when we preach the gospel, we say, hey, we're Christians. We want to share our faith with you. Hmm. Uh, we believe that God created humanity, that we fell away from him and sinned, but Jesus died and rose again so we could have a relationship. Mm-hmm. We don't say, and because we fell away in sin, God perfectly preserved his word that he verbally, plenarily yeah, wrote. Inspired it. You know, it's just like, dude, I've been looking at Little ministries and they're whenever I find a new ministry, I look at the about section for fun. Little ministries. Yeah, not little ministries. They're big ministries. But whenever I find ministries online or whatnot, I'll look at their abouts to see like, are these guys theologically sound? If I, especially if I'm listening to their content and stuff like that. And some of these people will be like, We believe the Bible is verbally and accurately like inspired. You realize that like most of evangelicalism believes that are you really Easily. okay? We're I might make some people mad, but here's the thing. What do you mean you're gonna verbal, make, you're what gonna do make you mad? What do you mean verbally? It doesn't make any sense. Do you mean that God spoke to Moses and had him dictate every, like word for word, Moses is hearing from the Holy Spirit and writing it down? Mm-hmm. Is that the only place that happened is the Ten Commandments? Yeah. In my opinion. Like, why is it, why can't it be that people were filled with the Holy Spirit and were just writing about what they're, like Jeremiah is just writing mm-hmm. down his prophecies. Okay, the prophecies are fair. That could mm-hmm. be word for word, almost everything yeah. that God said. That's fair. But like historical narrative, like the Exodus, Moses could just be documenting history and he has no idea that the Holy Spirit's using that to write the Bible. Right. 
I and God can still a hundred percent inspire that and use that as His word. We're not talking about faith and doubt anymore, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> like, obviously, God can use whatever He wants. Like, it, like I'm sure the person who wrote Judges probably didn't feel super inspired by the Lord to write Judges. Like, yeah, not an awesome point in history or anything like that. And so, like, when all these things are happening, it's probably just narrative that's being written down, and God uses it and inspires whoever's writing it to write it in the correct kind of way. And then, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, protects it. Um, preserves it. Preserves it, yeah. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, it's like, I think God, like, pre, like with, and it's God's providence, he's brought about, brought about the Bible. But I'm not convinced that everyone who wrote a, a book of the Bible... I'm not convinced that everyone who did that was aware of what they were doing. Like, I think they got to heaven or the new earth, wherever they are. And they mm-hmm. were like, whoa, yeah, that is in canon. I had no idea. What yeah. an honor. I just don't see how it's a problem to believe that. Like, I mean, they didn't believe in the canon like we do. Yeah, sure. But whoa. if people get mad about who said it, that? if people get mad about I believe not in agreeing also. in verbal planarity. Yeah, that one. Yeah. If, like, I just would be mad. I'd be confused. Like, why are you mad about it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, the biggest defeater in my would mind. Would I not be it? able to work at a church because I believe that? Yes. They'd be like, oh, 100%. We won't would. hire you because you don't. I'm like, really? Like 10,000. I'll preach the gospel to everyone, defend Christianity, but I just differ on this view. Yeah. I mean, the, the absolute defeater of verbal inerrancy is that we don't have the original documents. So there's no way to know that it's like the actual words. And then as soon as you go back to like the earliest versions that we have, it differs from all the other ones. And so, like, which exact one are you going to take? Because okay, with if, Mark, if you take any of the versions of the Bible we have today, they are all averaged across all of the different manuscripts we have right yeah, yeah they're all averaged and so none of them is just like one manuscript it's right. averaged over a whole bunch of them right multiple thousands and so which multiple thousands is really good evidence for the history even if you Bible. just want to use even if you want to go to like the king james and you're in a king james onlyist they still go off of three different greek uh uh scripts yeah right then that they, they use that lexicon to translate and like still not just one it's still a whole bunch you yeah. know what i mean I just who made up verbal verbal how do you say I it? must how, not how understand it? it. I must verbal planarency. I planarency? Not, I must not understand it. Yeah, planarency. Planarency. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. How do you who do, who decided this? I want to know if saints believe this, like early church. This is like church tradition. Because mm-hmm. I could totally see it being modern American evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Oh yeah, it's new. Oh, it's not old. Yeah. Yeah. Probably came about the same time the futurist version did. Who knows? But also, I don't want to get like, into it. Evangelicals also believe in a futurist version of Revelation. Yeah, let's talk about James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so James says, um, if any of you are lacking wisdom, ask, and God who gives generously to all will give it to you. But if you ask, don't doubt, because if you do, you're like a wave tossed by the sea and unstable in all your ways. True. James just be hurting people's feelings yeah that's james 1 5 also <laughs> james 1 5 he just be hurting feelings out here you know and it's a hard thing to accept but i think it's true yeah and it's because it's like this look it it's like the person who's like super indecisive mm-hmm. they're not the person you want to like lead the pack as far as like mm. hey like you're indecisive do you want to be in charge of making a bunch of decisions for a company they'll also say no but also as someone who owns a company you're like yeah like you just always go back and forth on your decisions. You can never yep. just like, you're not making a decision going confidently. And so I, just, I don't want to give you this, this, this responsibility. Yeah. And so if, if you're going to ask for wisdom, you got to be confident. God's going to give you that wisdom. Hmm. And then when he gives you that wisdom, use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. But also there's so many ways where it's like, okay, because this is talking about specifically about wisdom. And so, especially in your doubts, you're going to ask God, I'm doubting my faith. Give me wisdom to discern how to, how to overcome mm. this, or I'm doubting your character. Give me faith to, to overcome this and see the truth. He's, he says he's generous to all and will give it. So there you go. Mm. But how do you increase your wisdom? Well, the Bible says there's wisdom and abundance of counselors. So mm-hmm. you can talk to a lot of mature Christian leaders that you respect that are in your life or pastors. If you don't really have that many mature Christian believers in your life, go to a bunch of local pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the Bible says the beginning, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to also grow in your wisdom, asking God for wisdom, grow in your fear of God, which means mm. grow in your reverence of God, which like we just talked, reverence of God has to do with knowing who he is. Mm. And and so again, it's going back to knowing the object of your faith. Mm. You want wisdom? Um, ask for it. God will grant it. But also you can do stuff for yourself to help yeah. you grow in wisdom. But if you ask, just believe that you got it. Again, mm. it's like <laughs> we keep saying, 
just believe you got it, dude. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a hard thing to say when you want to be so logical. Oh, but, I've never said that before. That's so annoying. But that's, you're so so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's like it is. Oh, it is partially it is true but it's not the only thing you need to do you need to not neglect study and getting to know the lord and all those kind of things but at the same time there is a point that comes where you just have to decide to believe and to start to try to increase your faith like by all the ways you mentioned right you know what i mean right and so if you're hearing this and you're like i have doubt i'm never gonna be able to please god and he's never gonna hear my prayers because of james and hebrews you know what i mean i would say there are in this doubting season, if it's a hardcore doubting season, not just like some little things here or there uh, that you can like tweak and fix really easily, mm-hmm. you just need to work on that season of doubt and get through the doubts that you have. It may take a long time, but I don't think that in that season of doubt, God is going to call you to a lot of action for him. You know what I mean? True. To like do ministry for him. So you're True. not going to need that aspect of it necessarily. And so like he'll still be with you and guiding you and showing you the places you need to go to find more faith and to find the answers you need to find. He'll still be working with you. I fully believe, but I wouldn't expect these things as much necessarily. And after that season of doubt has been like figured out, has been solved for you, once you've like lived in that season and done what you're supposed to do in that season, then you can move into a time of not doubting, praying and seeing like what the Lord wants to be fulfilled, fulfilled and pleasing the Lord with your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that necessarily means you're not saved. You're just in a different like process where you're, you're going through doubt. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I'm also just thinking more about the inspiration, the, the verbal plenancy. Here's the thing that makes me mad about it. The Bible doesn't say it was verbally inspired. It yeah. says it was inspired. It says God breathed. Yeah. So maybe that's why I say, oh, God breathed. It's like speaking. But I also, if you want to be really literal, God could just, <sighs> you know, like how literal do you want to be? <laughs> Got to lowhod that thing into existence. I'm Googling when it was, <laughs> when verbal plenancy was created. It's It's funny though, but. Because I do think, like, look, no matter what, every Christian believes that it was inspired. I don't think the process of inspiration is as necessary, like the how it's inspired. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's like saying, like, we all believe God created everything. The how he created everything isn't necessarily that important. Hmm. True, true. It's like this. This is what it's like. All right, guys, if you guys are trying to figure out all the hows and what's and all that stuff, imagine this, okay? Derry's going to like this, I think, too. Imagine you go to a restaurant and you have the most delicious meal you've ever had. Whatever that is for you. For me, I love steak. Maybe it's the greatest steak I've ever had. Uh, I think last year, my brother took me out to a really nice restaurant and I had some of the best food I've ever had in my life. I did not sit and enjoy the best food I ever had and ask all the hows it was created or the whos or or like... What ingredients did you use to do this? Can I test those ingredients? Can I do... I just enjoyed the meal that was presented to me. So we don't always have to figure out the hows and whos and whats of our faith and and, and, compart- and, and try to figure it all out. You can just enjoy the person of Jesus and, and enjoy the gift that is presented to you. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? If I get a good steak, I want to know how it was made so I can make it myself. I want to be like, yo, bro, I need this recipe because it tastes delicious. But I'm not like critiquing the chef and being like, I don't know if the chef actually used Cajun spice on this chicken. Did he? Hmm. Did he actually use Tony's? Let me see the evidence for that he used Tony's. It's like, just enjoy the meal. Did you find anything? I can't find. I'm just ranting out here. Dude. I honestly haven't listened to a word you've said the last few months. I know. You've been in in your phone. (laughs) When anyone goes to the phone, it's a black hole. I can't find it. Yesterday, I was, my wife was talking to me from the kitchen and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was just saying, yeah. And then I said, I got on my phone and I was scrolling. I said, yeah. And then she's like, you're on your phone. I was like, what do you mean? How'd you know I was on my phone? She's like, cause your yeah changed. Hmm. And so it's funny. You can just tell you just stop, you just zone out. I can't find when it was created, but I also, I know from when I studied it in college um, and a few of my different... Oh, big Whoa. guy. You went to college. Crazy. Oh. Studied theology in college. All right. Fuck um, some more out here. <laughs> when I was studying the different <laughs> versions of, of inspiration, also a really good book on this is... The Bible. The Bible, yeah. Um, but there's a book by published by Zondervan called Five Views of Inerrancy, and it's really, really good. You should listen to it. Probably what I've learned the most from. And there are so many different views, even within verbal plenarency. And so like the most conservative one is the one we're talking about. 
technically there's a lot of people who believe in verbal planarency that don't believe that like every word is God breathed or not God breathed. Every word is literally like the word of God. Mm -hmm. And they just believe that the entire Bible is inerrant and inspired, which is very different. Yeah. Like, there's so much subtlety and, and all also that. define inerrant. You got yeah. like 17 views of that. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and so what we're kind of disagreeing with and making fun of is a really, really conservative version of verbal planarency that every single word that's in the Bible is the word that God spoke to people and had them write down yeah yeah it'd be like essentially if i was like having dairy write a letter for me and i was telling him what to do it's like right. ghost writing but here's the thing paul and people in the new testament if you read their letters had people write down their things so you're so maybe <laughs> holy spirit's telling paul who's telling that guy tychicus Ty or something yeah. like that and <laughs> it's just like i think paul really was just like you Christians in Corinth, you mm -hmm. guys got to get it together. It also means then, that, like, if that's true, it means that every translator that translated the Bible a little differently is going to hell. All of them? All of them? Because they all changed the absolute, like, perfect word and of God. And maybe then we're all going to hell because we're following it? We would also be going to hell because we don't have the original version, and so we are all guessing of what we think that it says. We, we, which just, is dismantled, not really guessing. we just dismantled your whole argument. Yeah, crazy. I believe we have what the original Bible said, mostly, but yeah, but yeah, it's complicated. And then you got, and then if it's verbal planarency, is Enoch there? Is the apocrypha why the Ethiopian Church has an entirely different, not entirely different, different argument, but yeah, not entirely different Bible, but they have they have books that we don't have in our they got they have books they books. read, they got books we don't read in Protestantism, in the in the Ethiopian Church, mm -hmm. and they're super old. They're a really good church, I when guess. You, when you said Protestantism. It sounds like a disease because it's like Protestantism. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just funny. I got diagnosed with a Protestantism. Protestantism. <laughs> I go to churches with fog machines and electric guitars. That's pretty funny, actually. Which I like. I think that I have no problem with that. So I, I know some people don't like it, but I'm like, why would we not worship God with also our artistic abilities? Yeah. As long as they're preaching the word, As brother. long as that's not the thing. As long as the thing is Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyways. Arguments here and there. Anyways, if you're doubting, it's okay. Yeah. Be doubting. Ask God to guide you. God's not going to hear your Christian prayers. Ask community. And you're not going to please him. <laughs> what did you say? I said God not, God's not going to hear your prayers and you're not, you're not going <laughs> to please him. Just kidding. But also not right. And Derry just chose violence today. I'm trying <laughs> to encourage you guys. <laughs> God loves you and will definitely still hear your prayers if you're doubting. It's just going to be a different season for you than it is for the people in these exact... Uh, stories because obviously all the examples that were given i'm sure abraham had a couple moments where he was thinking about moving his family to somewhere he didn't know about because god said go and he was like am i sure yeah i'm sure he wasn't like all right sure whatever let's go i mean well here's the thing it depends on how god appeared to him yeah 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 true i was like well uh, maybe not though because moses literally had the angel in the burning bush talking yeah. to him and he was throwing excuses out there he's like uh-huh i don't know i stutter kind of sometimes <laughs> Which may not be might not be true because this chapter says that Moses or Hebrews or Romans says that Moses was bold in speech. So maybe he was he was just throwing excuses out there. I mean, you got to be bold to talk to Pharaoh. He can still stutter. Yeah, but it's just like the Water Boy. That's <laughs> yeah. You see that movie? Uh, a long, long, yeah, long time. That's ago. an old one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mom, my mom, my mom, my, my daddy said let let <laughs> let my, my 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 people go. <laughs> Pharaoh's like. I can just imagine Adam Sandler playing Moses now. Oh my god! <laughs> in the Jesus, in like a uh, Exodus movie. Oh, I get to heaven and Moses gonna be like, "That was rude. <laughs> that was uncalled for." <laughs> what the heck? Sorry, dude. You gotta admit yeah. it's funny though. Have you seen Andrew Scholl's comedy sketch on the atheist who got? No. Um, okay, so there's. Oh, maybe. I think it was not Richard Dawkins. There's another famous atheist who recently died, mm -hmm. and he traveled the world preaching or teaching about how God doesn't exist. Hmm. And he died of throat cancer. Oh, yeah. Or vocal yeah, cord yeah, cancer. Yeah, he died yeah. of vocal cord cancer. I think it was Richard Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Andrew Schultz goes, you know, that sounds a lot like God saying, shh. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I was crying. I was like, that's... Pretty good, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. God got him on that one. What's that? God got him on that one. His message was pretty clear. He's like, oh, do you want to tell people I don't exist? How about I take your vocal cords? And your life. Now we're introducing another topic of does God do that? He does. Clearly. We've had other podcasts about it or he said he does. So he does. So New Testament happened. You can get rid of the entire Bible 
Oh, sorry. Unless you, unless you get rid of the entire what? Bible, you can't say that God doesn't do that. God also strikes people dead in the New Testament. Yeah, he does. So, boom. So does he do it now? Yes. Unless right. you want to say that he doesn't do miracles and stuff anymore. Right. You kind of have to still believe it. I always that too. think it's funny when people say that the gifts ceased, but also might... Well, I don't know anyone who agrees with this statement, but there's probably people who believe the gifts ceased and demons are still working. And I always thought, wait, you think the demons are working and God stopped? Yeah. Like demons have supernatural powers and God's like, oh, my apostles died. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. It's interesting. We just destroyed so many arguments this whole episode. Well, it's been productive. Yeah. And we've also, done a lot. hopefully there's still people listening to us after this. Yeah. Yeah. After the, after the verbal planarency attack, everyone just logged off. Yeah. As soon as you said the word planarency, people were like, not anymore. I don't even know. I hope that's we're right in saying it. It is, yeah. Okay. I don't. I've never read it. So some people are real strict about it, and they're like plenarency, and some people just say like plenarency. They probably believe it then too. They're like, we have to be oh, literal yeah. in our words. It has yeah, to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you're very fun to be around, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of friends. <laughs> you always you get invited out a lot of places. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope <laughs> that you like our new tree, and that we're not doing lights anymore, and the other lighting situations that you probably haven't noticed in the room. Uh, the table's dark, but it's also kind of nice and brown. So yeah, but this brings out the red in it. We never seen that it's red. Nice. In it before. Yeah, I like it yeah, a lot. I like it a lot too. We're we're uh, in talks with one of our friends who's a professional videographer. He's gonna help us with the lighting, mm. and so there's gonna be changes coming hopefully to the quality, mm. um, but also maybe the layout of the studio just in, to add some depth and add some visual. Um, I want to paint the wall a color. I don't know which one yet. Mm. Darian and I are gonna talk about it, but. We want to make it look more YouTube-like. We also might have our first sponsor soon. We're trying yeah. out their product right now. Or we're about to try out their product. And if it's By the good, time you're listening to and this, if it yeah. works, then uh, we will be sponsored soon. So if we sponsor them, go buy the product so they will keep sponsoring us. So actually, or if it's you It's also really expensive, though. You can also just send us your money instead of them. Yeah, that's true. We have a Patreon. That's true. So if you don't want any sponsors, go to the Patreon. Yeah. That's a threat. Yeah. <laughs> all right y'all thanks for listening to the show again follow share all that kind of stuff we'll see you next time shoots